Hello, fellow artists, and welcome to the Alabaster Theatre Podcast. My name is Bethany. Please make yourself at home and subscribe. The halls with plans and budgets. Fa la 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 la. Tis the season to have meetings. Fa la 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 la. Welcome to Christmas in July. I'm so excited to have you. Make sure that you're listening to this new series with a cup of hot cocoa and some Christmas socks just again in some Christmas cheer in the middle of the year. We have some incredible guests and backstage passes to some of Brisbane's biggest, most classiest Christmas events put on by amazing directors. We've got Jack Biggs from City Point. We've got Jazz Morrison from Springfield Carol's City Group. That's a mouthful. And we've got Essie Blas from Alabaster Theatre. She is our production manager. So you're going to get to have your mind blown by what it takes to produce an incredible Christmas show. Hope that it blesses those Christmas socks off of your feet. Um, I know that I'm excited. So um, yeah, let's get into it. It is so exciting today to have Jack Biggs with us from City Point. How are you going, Jack? I am very well. Thank you very much for having me today. Uh, We are so honoured and excited to have you on the Alabaster Theatre podcast. Um, We're just going to like jump straight into the nitty gritty of putting on a Christmas event. Now, Jack, I don't want to like sell you short because like, it's not like we've been besties for years. I don't know your whole story, but I know that you're crazy talented. So can you just like one minute of total boast about yourself? It's total bragging, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you're primarily responsible for at Christmas time. So I have a uh, background in theatre, so I actually started late compared to most people who do it since they're, you know, four or five, but I um, started around in high school, just realised that I really enjoyed theatre. No one in my family had done it before. I'm the youngest of three boys, we'd always been cricket and soccer, Um, but just fell in love with performing in the stage and I'd always loved to sing and stuff as well. So I just decided that I was going to start doing musicals and had a great time. My first one was A Little Mermaid when I was in grade 10. I played Prince Eric. Wow. And then from there, I just loved it all through high school. So when I graduated high school, I auditioned for the Conservatorium for their musical theatre um, degree and was fortunate enough to get in. Well done. And then stayed for three years. So, um, and in that time as well, I was um, doing Christmas shows, more sort of variety shows the way my um, previous church did it, which was awesome. Um, and then when I moved to City Point, which was only about, uh, it was in 2019, the start of 2019, um, I did one year as a performer in the Christmas show at City Point and okay. the second year. So you and your wife together are direct, is it called Every Year Christmas Spectacular? Called um, City Point Christmas Spectacular. Yeah, yeah, cool. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So City Point is known, it's like renowned for putting on a spectacular Christmas show. So I think that that really speaks of 
you know, your passion and your talent and your work ethic that you performed in one show and the next year you were running it. So <laughs> um, I would just love to ask you, obviously you said that you, you love to sing. Is there a favourite Christmas carol that you bar for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I um I don't often put myself in shows that I direct, but only because City Point is fortunate enough that we have a lot of enough, very talented yeah. people. Um, if we're a bit dry, maybe I would throw myself in. But I um I am, I mean, this is what everyone's probably going to say. But Oh Holy Night, you just can't go past it, can you? You know, no, and it's, it's just it's a golden. It's just you have to do it. There's many different ways of doing it. We don't stray too much from the original. And there is a lot of pressure on it as well. And I, um, you know, I don't necessarily envy people who sing it because it's the most pressure I think of the whole show. Yeah, yeah, it's everyone's favorite. So you really don't, really don't want to miss, um, mess up those big notes. Um, and so, what's the worst carol you've ever had to sing? The worst carol I've ever had to sing. Um, I remember. It was a good carol, but sort of a bad experience. I was, <laughs> I think, in a grade 11 singing in a, in a Christmas carol at church um, with Danielle Ramalta, who is now um, musical theatre as well. I think she's I think she just finished at the con. And we're singing um, uh, Jingle Bell Rock, which is sort of a fun song. We're just doing yeah. a little duet. And at the end, we did like a little twirl where I just grabbed by the hand and twirl around. And on the last show, I, <laughs> um, I was wearing a suit and it had some buttons up the um, oh, no. suit and it just ripped out a good chunk of her hair. Like <gasps> a good chunk. I oh, it. no, that is so going, bad. She just went, ah! <laughs> and walked off stage like holding her head and was I was it, like, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's terrible. Was it like a walk of shame or was the production like, lights out, lights out? <laughs> Well, luckily, one, it was at the end of the song, and two, Danielle's professional. She held it. Yes. She kept a smile. And then but as we're sort of walking off, she's sort of holding her head. And then as soon as we go backstage, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so um, she, she handled it like a pro. I mean, I wasn't in any pain at all. It was fine. I was yeah. just so ripped out. Yeah. Okay. So object lesson, young performers listening. listening. Um, if your hair gets ripped out on stage during a Christmas show, the show must go on. Show must go on. <laughs> uh, so do you find doing, um, does producing Christmas events spur your love of Christmas or by the time Christmas comes around, are you like Scrooge? It certainly gives you a different perspective of Christmas. Um, I wouldn't say it turns me into a Scrooge, but it, I am a bit all Christmas out. Yes. Um, I still love Christmas, but especially, I mean, City Point does their um, show the first week of December. Mm -hmm. So when I sort of talk about Christmas in my own head, Christmas is the first weekend of September. Yeah. Oh, sorry, <laughs> not September. <laughs> um, so by the time you've reached that sort of first weekend there in December and it's all like all systems go and you've been working hard, I feel like that's the big reward. So when it gets to the second weekend of December when most people are really starting to wear tinsel and yeah, you know, their lights or whatever. Yeah. That's when you're starting to go, oh, finally I can relax now. Um, yeah. So it's, it's more just you sort of get two Christmases, um, but yeah. the second one, you try and relax a bit more. 
Um, so when does the Christmas conversation start with you and your team? Excellent question. Um, it sort of starts about now um, in terms of the team, um, but thought has to have happened a long time before as well, even now. Um, and now being what's today, sort of mid-July. So in terms of creative process, July is where we like to sort of get that kick ticking over. Um, yeah. But before you even get into that creative process, there's your own thought pattern as well of, of what you want out of a Christmas production yeah. for that year and your own creative juices sort of start to flow so that you're not going into that being like, oh, wow, all right, Christmas time. All right, what are we going to do, team? And you sort of have yeah. not even original conversation yeah. or um, provokers yeah. to get going. I've had previous conversations with um, another girl, Jazz, who runs a big Christmas event, but we had a great conversation about collaboration and I'd love to get a little bit of, you know, behind the scenes on how does your team collaborate? Because there's a, such an art to it, um, especially because I feel like creatives can be so bonded with their ideas or very, you know, creativity is very personal. Um, and so, yeah, no, I'd love to hear how you guys collaborate your Christmas event and ideas. Absolutely. Collaboration is one of the most important things to get right, yet it's one of the hardest things to get right, I think, mm. in any creative process. I think the, there's key that falls in, in the way the group does it and there's also in the way the individual sees the collaboration as well. In terms of the group, um, I think what's important is that collaboration is set up as an expectation from the beginning. Um, and that's really the responsibility of the leader, um, whoever that might be, whether it's the creative director, the producer, the director of the show, whatever, um, mm. that everyone understands it is a collaborative process. Um, but there as well, some people do go a little bit too far the other way and they, everyone needs to understand as well that it, someone in the end needs to make the call. Yeah. Um, otherwise you'll be there forever. Yeah. Um, and I think just understanding that, you know, all right, it's so if it's a decision that's to do with, um, you know, the set design in the end, so-and-so is going to have to make the final call and we're all going to collaborate. Yeah. yeah. But somebody needs to make that call. And then from an individual perspective as well, it's, coming with those creative ideas. I mean, it's really vulnerable as a creative to come with your creative ideas, especially if they do yeah. get shut down. Yes. But just coming with those with trust in your team is so important to be able to trust each other and understanding that if you, your idea isn't the one that gets used or chosen or you feel like um, it, you were dismissed a bit too quickly or you wanted a bit more chance to pitch your idea, understanding that it's not personal um, yes. is really important. And that comes from the team as well. And that should be the... I think um, the, the collaboration can only work well in a team that has really healthy culture. Um, yeah. And if it is in a team where people are talking behind each other's backs or there's little whispers or gossips going on, then that is just an awful environment because no yeah. one's going to want to put themselves out there and mm. no one's going to want to be vulnerable. And that's where our best creative ideas come from when we can actually be really vulnerable with our creative ideas and say, look, I haven't shared this with anyone. It's yeah. only in my head so far. I don't even know what it's going to look like or I don't know anything about tech, for example. So I'm going to need help with that. But do you think that this would work? Yes. And then being able to all chat about that and watch people as they tear different parts of it and add their bits and, you know, tear a limb mm. off there and, tape, you know, a fix on there and, and watch that as what you, your creative baby. Yes. Um, 
but you can get torn apart. So it's understanding it from a group mentality and also what each individual brings to that collaboration process. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. Where do you go? What's your source for um, the next big idea or the original idea, even just an overall vision for what you want to see happen on stage? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, It's, it happens sort of in stages, um, but the stages don't necessarily happen in the same order every time. So sometimes it it can actually just start with, Oh, that's a funny line. And literally that's it. That's all I've got. Or wouldn't it be funny if we, you know, had a Santa, um, we had two Santas in in a shopping center and they were um, fighting over the best, the best space outside target or like just something so random like that. Um, And from there, you can you can start to build off a storyline, or you can also go the other way, and you can sort of go with it, start with a theme. Um, and especially last year, we sort of rolled with a theme because of the year that we'd had, and we yeah. wanted to tell a very particular um, narrative and a very particular story of how we wanted people to to feel when they left watching the show yeah. after the twenty twenty was. So it you sort of have these little themes that you want or um, visions that you want to have for the show, but you also might have an idea for a funny character or yeah. an interesting storyline, or mm-hmm. maybe even something happened in real life. You want to do a bit of a twist on something that's happened to you in the past. Yeah. So you, you, it's taking those, <clears throat> excuse me, it's taking those different things and being able to sort of mold them together to be yeah. able to create something and understand some of those things are going to start to fall away because you might not be able to mix your theme with, Angry Sanders, you know, yeah, maybe don't use that. Although, if you're listening to this, you're welcome to use it. <laughs> I don't have copyright. We, I mean, we've all done it where we try to cram that one thing we like, even though it doesn't fit, and then you yeah, know, exactly. six months and down then, the yeah. track, you're like, Yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> I remember last, last City Point Christmas show, just watching the show, even just during tech week, and I remember just thinking to myself, and even saying to Ellen, Remember when we had this in the show? And just sort of laughing at each other. Like we had a character who was the boss. <clears throat> there was sort of um, in a workplace environment and there was a boss and he was sort of like this hard, you know, angry man, but he was quite rough. Um, it was a great character. And I just remember turning to Ellen and saying, do you remember when that was a drunk Santa? <laughs> <laughs> and just the way that that character had evolved, maybe we shouldn't put a drunk Santa yeah. in the Christmas. Show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just how things evolve over time. It's about collating those ideas and trying to find yeah. smooth halfway through them yeah so yeah which is is a great a great lesson on some ideas just start as the dumbest things like and and they have to evolve like even you know as a writer or a director like you know down the track that that character is not done but you've just got to get them (laughs) kick-started i I think you could have gotten some emails about a drunk santa to be honest so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> about maybe if we did put a drunk stand we might we might have got a couple of complaints <laughs> uh that's very very helpful um so i think carols can be really fun because they are really an assortment like they're like a they're like a party mix of lollies where you actually get to have all different flavors like i mean compared to what we do as far as we tell the christmas story in like a musical do you tend to stick to a theme every year or is it like well we have to have like a little bit of this and a little bit of that what's the creative mind map of building the show 
Yeah, it's a great question. I'm going to give you a cop out answer, but it's the truth. Um, the answer is that it is a just it's a mix of both. Yeah. Um, and it's about finding the balance. Because there are certain elements that you have to incorporate. Like it's not just you have a blank page and you're like, well, I can just do whatever the heck I want. I mean, one, it has to be about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Two, Jesus has to be involved. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully you're going to want some music and some dancing, you know, like, so there are certain elements that must be incorporated. Yeah. Um, you're also confined by um, who you have. You know, I would, uh, there's some songs I'm like, I would love to do this. But mm-hmm. if we don't have anyone that fits that particular song, then I don't want to cram someone into a song and, you know, like putting a square peg into a round hole yeah. if it's actually going to make them look bad. Mm-hmm. So it's about incorporating what your vision for the show is and carrying that through, but understand that there needs to be leeway either side as you go through that process yeah. because you want to set everyone up for a win and you want to be able to have the good ideas that fit yours and you want to make those tough decisions. And the hardest decision to make as a creative is realizing that it's, that something you thought was the funniest line in the show, you have to cut or yeah. something because you realize it actually doesn't work and you just could cram it in because you thought that yeah. was a really great moment. Yeah. And I think a key to that, that makes your team really support you is when they see you make those hard calls, cause they realize that you're for serving, you know, the story you're for serving the bigger event, not just, getting your ideas out there so I think it's really cool that you mentioned that because you know for our team to see us you know surrender our ideas that we love um for the sake of the show helps them do the same too um I know for I know for teams I've worked with carols can actually be um and I guess maybe thinking of maybe smaller churches that don't have um you know, that have a more limited team as far as skill and time. Um, Carols are actually quite complicated to play. Uh, From my experience of looking at some of the carols, like, um, so I don't know, like, I know I've always been able to find a simpler version for some teams, but have you, is that, do you have like a motivator or any advice for, you know, people who are working with a team that maybe doesn't have the resources to pull off, you know, 12 fantastic carols? Yeah, definitely. I think definitely leading from the front is very important. Um, and your team isn't going to want to put in all the hard work to make something spectacular happen if it's incredibly difficult if you want yourself in the, also leading from the front in that way. So it's important that you are not that you're going to parade around and saying, look how hard I'm working, but that you are also, um, you're also challenging yourself on new skills or, or trying yeah. new things. You're in that rehearsal room. And there's um, something that I think is important is, for a director or someone running a Christmas production is to be in music rehearsals, um, not to supervise or tell people what to do, but just, just, just so people feel supported. Um, yeah. And there is a decision that needs to be made. Look, this bridge is way too hard and we don't have a saxophone and a, you know, accordion player. Then yeah. we'll look, let's make a decision and let's, let's cut that and do a dance break instead. Or, you know, and there's just yeah. something different that you yeah. can actually be there because they feel like they're supported and they're not like, Oh, where the heck's the director? We don't know this and we don't know what to do. And now we're trying yeah. to call people or we're just going to make the decision that we might get in trouble for later. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well, a great 
skill is to just work with your resources. So like you touched on it before, if you don't have the resource, pick the one, pick because there's there's simple cows and there's complicated ones, you know. So if you have a dad who has a full-time job who's your, you know, lead guitarist, like what's more important that the community is getting to sing a carol together or that awesome like lead part is in there, like picking what you can and can't do and working with that. Um, yeah. I know with my church team, that's what we do every year. We pick carols that, you know, like that our team can feasibly do and still enjoy and our community still gets to come together and sing carols. Absolutely. When it comes to your team, and we touched on this a little bit, but as far as having a vision for your show, um, do you have a vision for each show, like a God download vision, something that you want to download to your team? And if you do, how do you practically outwork that from your creators down to your cast to your crew? How does that outwork? No, it's a great question. I think um, every show needs a vision, but none of that a very clear vision. Um, and everyone needs to understand that vision as well. So whether it's a theme or something you're trying to convey or um, a style or whatever it is, um, everyone needs to understand that before they can get on board because people might be more than willing to get on board with the vision, but if they have no idea what it is or it's not communicated to them, then yeah. that becomes difficult for them to follow. Yeah. So it's about, um, I, I find it really important to communicate to the team as often as possible mm -hmm. what the vision is. Mm -hmm. Remember this year we're, we're going for this or this year we're really pining for salvations or this year we really want to convey um, this message or just having yeah. everyone really understand what that is. Yeah. In terms of how it comes, um, I think it is important to when you're in those very early stages, even just by yourself or before you come to the team or with the team, spend a lot of time in prayer about it because it's never been my experience that God has just handed me a script. Um, but um, he certainly will press things on your heart. Um, yeah. Last year, Ellen wrote the script. So I didn't do much of the scripting at all, but we had this, vision this idea of what we wanted um which just something that god plus something that god had placed on our hearts and from there we were able to actually run with that through the show and then like we we're talking about before that's when as you're running with that vision those different things you start to yeah little, little leeway left and right but you're still heading forward and everyone understands that as well so even like you say you know the lead guitarist who's a full-time dad He's there playing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You put him in a funny hat and a sparkly shirt and he's like, what the heck's going on? <laughs> but he understands That's that right. he's playing a really essential role. And I think everyone needs to understand as well that even if you're the person backstage handing mics to people as they walk on stage, or if you're the person dressing, or if you're third dancer from the left at the back, whatever it is, yeah, that vision that the either the core team or the creative director or the worship pastor or, or even often senior pastors, Pastor Mark and Lee Ramsey, who have incredible vision, have given down is is played out by everyone. And yeah. as soon as people start to say, oh, well, I'm not a lead singer, so I'm not going to start to convey that, that's when the show starts to fall apart yeah. or it starts to become wish 
wishy-washy and unimportant because you can tell that, oh, no one's that invested because they think that they're, it's not their responsibility to be able to carry that. Yeah, yeah. And it really means that whatever happens in the process, when that vision is then seen on stage or when that turns into people encountering Jesus, none of the details matter because you've pulled off the vision. Like, it yeah. that's the win. Um and that's the reward like that it's cool because it's the same reward for dad in the sparkly vest as it is for the person who is handing the mics because they both have served that vision and have seen it come yeah it's great this question is for all of our young performers out there listening or just any performers listening really as a director, what are you looking for um, for your show? What are some attributes you're looking for in a performer um, for a Christmas show? I think the most important thing is, uh, especially if it is a Christmas show, often people are coming out and, and singing. Um, so it's closer to a sort of a variety concert. Um, but even if it is in acting roles where they're playing a character, we don't want to stray people too far from who they are as people. Yeah. So putting people on stage as who they are and obviously they're dressed up and they're under lights and they're obviously added extra elements that you can't ignore, but we want to see actually who that performer is. And there's nothing worse than sitting in the audience and seeing someone who's trying to put too much on when you just wish that they would just be themselves, be themselves and actually just relax into the beautiful gift that God has given them, whether it's singing, dancing, acting, or any yeah. other myriad of things that's yeah. involved. Yeah. So I would say the most important thing is, you know, if you if you are in a church that holds auditions or sends in, you know, videos of yourself or whatever, yeah. to just do something that's the most you, um, yeah. which I know is hard because, you know, often we're still trying to find exactly what that even looks like. Mm. But instead of looking at someone and being like, I want to be exactly like that person, you know, and then all you're going to be is a not as good version of that person yeah. instead of being actually who you are and the gifts that God has given you because you've been given different skills for a very specific reason by God. Yeah. Yeah. People can sniff authenticity and any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that people miss um, too often because they think that they're what, they give that they have to bring won't be enough or it's they think that because a certain type of person has always sung that type of song that they need to be more like that person but yeah it's because no one like you has ever come along with what you have to give so if you just come along and pretend that person then you're selling yourself completely short yeah yeah um so one of the last questions i i would just love you to speak into some of the some of the people listening on just some key advice to church teams or community groups who don't have um, big people like the same people and financial resources as say Christmas Spectacular, but they still want to produce something wonderful for their community. What, what's some advice you would give those people? In a Christmas show, you want an audience member to go in, watch the show and leave feeling different. That's good. And you need to ask yourself, how are we going to do that? And if you do want that person to come in and go, wow, that was the biggest this or the best that that I've ever seen, yeah. then that's fine. And you may achieve that or you may not, 
and they may leave saying yes or no, but in the end, if you actually haven't put heart at mm. the center of your Christmas show, if you haven't put um, Christ at the center of your Christmas show, if you haven't put community or whatever it might be that is most important to you, mm. then, and it's going to be different for every church, you know, depending on the area that they're in, the congregation that they have, if they're doing an outreach, say they're inviting a whole bunch of, you know, it might be doing something out in the park or something, yeah. or if they're doing it within their own church building, like just as a normal Sunday service, it's going to be different for every church. And that's for each church to decide, but yeah. it needs to have heart the most importantly. And it, you need to ask yourself the question, what do we want the audience members to leave feeling or thinking? And yeah. then you need to try and answer that question with how you put your show together. Yeah, that's great. Great, great. Um, last thing I want to land on, um, because to kind of push people um, from listening to this podcast to, um, I guess, being inspired, but in your many Christmas shows, have you been impacted by being involved or watching a Christmas show? For me, Christmas shows have always been something that I've been lucky enough to be involved in, um, which is quite interesting. I've watched exceedingly few because of um, I'm often the one that's a part of it in, in some way. Mm. But in terms of the way it impacts is if you are a volunteer or someone who is part of a church, the feeling of community that you get is unreal to be honest and yeah. even anyone who's done theater outside um the church understands what it's like to bond with members um yeah. because you go through a lot together it's hard it's hard yeah. work so what you go through together is it bonds everyone incredibly mm. um and you end up that's why post show blues is such a thing because you're with each other for a, a period of time where you're so overwhelmingly you know you've got the all the energy <laughs> and yeah exactly and then all of a sudden you know it, it's gone and you're like oh my goodness and then that's when you feel this big gaping hole in your heart that <laughs> you existed um but it's 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 the relationships that you form with other people and also that bonding comes from the fact that in a church you're doing that for a, a really important reason and that's to lead people to christ yeah. or to strengthen people in Christ or whatever your vision of the church is, mm. that when you do that with the other people in the church where 99% of people aren't paid to be there, yeah. doing it purely on a volunteer basis of their own time, they're serving, they're giving up mm. weekends or, or weeknights to, just to be there, yeah. is yeah. purely to fulfill the vision that Christ mm. has given, I think is so um, incredible. And I really commend people for that. And it's really important that people understand the value of that. So in terms of a show that's impacted me, I would say shows where you get that within the community of, of volunteers, members, and, you, you know, before the show, you know, the singers are chatting with the dancers who are chatting with the musos, chatting with the tech yeah. and the backstage and the production staff. And, and you get it's wonderful. That it's a beautiful experience. All of the teams working together is all part of putting on a Christmas show too. It's not just the show itself. Yeah. Um, that's, thank you so much, Jack, for your time. Um, I, I am excited to come see Christmas Spectacular this year. 
And um, oh, thanks so much. <laughs> and I hope that it's a great success and that lots of people experience Jesus through it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and you too.